Hey, hope you guys are doing well. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast. Um, it's 2019. We hear a lot of talk about human rights, our rights as a people, our rights as Americans, our right, rights as women's, rights as this gender, this race, whatever it is, right? What we don't hear a lot of talk about is our responsibility. Our responsibility as humans, our responsibility as Christians, our responsibility as men, as husbands, as leaders, as brothers, as sons, as whatever role it is that you fill. So we're going to talk a little bit today. You know, our, our culture and our generation, you can go online and see videos of, of people going to college campuses and doing interviews and people know their rights. Man, it's my right to have this. And people always have a handout and they're wanting the government to give them more and more rights. We're very entitled people, especially here in the West. But I, th- I think there's something that goes deeper than that. Man is meant to be challenged. Mankind is born with something on the inside of him that wants to be challenged. You know, for me, there's nothing really I find worse than boredom. I don't like being bored. It's been a long time since I've been bored. One day, maybe of boredom in the last, uh, the last 12 years of my life, I, I ended up in a line of work that was anything but boring. When you serve God and you're doing what he's called you to do, it's supposed to be anything but boring boring. But a lot of that comes from this responsibility that we have for being people on planet earth, responsibility to other people, responsibility to God, responsibility to those that we're in a relationship with. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. You know, I, I, I try not to follow politics too much. I end up, um, uh, I end up getting distracted by it quite a bit. It's good to educate yourself, I guess. Um, but you see people talk about um, civil rights, right? And we ha- people have these conversations and women's rights and reproductive rights and um, all these different things. But I really believe that what people need is, is to understand their responsibility. You know, being on this earth, there is a, there is a human right, right? We talk about it, this, this government, this U.S. government has tried to um, put it together that people can, um, you know, as the document says, enjoy inal- inalienable rights of being a person. Hey, everyone's created equal. That's a biblical thing. Everyone's created equal. So there shouldn't be a race or a gender that, 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 uh, enjoys something greater that someone else doesn't have access to. But that really comes with the human responsibility. We were all created in the image of God and you as a person have a responsibility to mankind. I'm going to talk to you about this in a gospel context. First Corinthians nine sixteen, Paul is talking and he says, um, I, I can't boast about preaching the gospel because it's I do it out of necessity. And then he says something that's interesting. He says, woe is unto me if I don't preach the gospel. As Christians, when we got born again, we have our normal human responsibility. Be kind to people. Treat people like you want to be treated. If everyone was was acting out their human responsibility, we wouldn't have to fight about human rights so much because people would look and say, well, that's another human, so I'm going to treat them like a human, Right. Um, but we have a, in the, in the kingdom of God, I heard a statistic that 95% of, of Christians don't share their faith, 95%. And when you look at the course of time and you look at nations that have risen up and how Christianity has worked in different countries, you see that the, the, the fruit of what countries are having now is because of that statistic, that 95% that don't share the gospel. People miss the fact that when you get born again, you're called to be a disciple 
of Christ. When, when Jesus was calling his disciples, he was walking on the, the, the Sea of Galilee and he said, come with me and I'll make you a fisher of men. All of us as disciples of Jesus are called to make uh, are called to be fishers of men, to be people who bring people into the kingdom of God. This isn't a um, an extra credit thing. This isn't a bonus. This is something that it is our responsibility as Christians. You know, Christians, a lot of times people get born again, they hear a gospel message. And listen, see, I'm all, I, I just want people in heaven. I don't care how people get there. I don't care if someone had to lie to you to get you into the church. I don't care if they had to pick you up and be like, we're going to the movies and they take you to a youth night. I really don't care if you were mistreated, as long as you found your way into a church building and you make it into heaven, like all the other things, you'll be glad on the other side. It's like, it's like if you were dying of a disease and, and your mom was like, oh no, I'm not going to give you an injection. And then she's, and then she stabbed you in the leg with this needle and gave you this injection. You're like, mom, you betrayed my trust. And you're like, yeah, but you didn't die. So the result is more important, right? But ultimately when people get born again, we get born again. Yes so that we're not under the power of the devil, but we accept a new set of rules for our life. We accept a new responsibility. Um, When Paul was saying that, people say, well, that was Paul. He was called to preach the gospel. And yes, there is gospel callings, but every disciple of Christ, whether they were, you're called to full-time ministry or not, is called to share their faith. So I'm planting the seed in your heart. Many of you are already people who do it, but even if uh, if you're in Bible college now and you're looking for the future, this isn't something that you do for your time just while you're in school. This is something that you set the course for in your life to say, I'm going to be a person who shares my faith. You know, there's this um, pretty interesting thing that they've studied in psychology, and it's called the bystander non-intervention effect. There was a story that goes back of this lady um, back in the 60s, young lady who came home to her apartment. She was attacked uh, uh, by a guy who, who um, yeah, attacked her, stabbed her. She started calling for help. It was, it was reported that it ended up being like, 30 plus people that heard the cries for help. And over the next hour and a half, and I don't want to be too gruesome, but over the next hour and a half, she was stabbed to death multiple times. And it took 90 minutes, right? This, this, this interaction that happened, the struggle, but it wasn't called into the police one time. Only after the whole thing was finished, did people come out to look to see what was happening? And so this, it's, it's this, this idea of someone else will do it. They even report that sometimes when there's a major a crash at an intersection, when a lot of people see it, that, that it never actually gets called in and the police find it by mistake. Like there's a huge crash because everyone assumes someone else will do it. They started to do studies along these lines and they, they set up these people in this room and they were sitting in this room and they started to let smoke flow into this room. And this, the people were filling out a survey while they were doing this. And, and when it was one person by themselves in the room and smoke started coming in, 75% of the time they reported it to the people who were um, the ones who gave them the surveys. Uh, the moment it went to three people in the room, it dropped to 38% of them reported it. When it dropped to six, when it was six people in the room and the smoke came in, 10% over these studies, 10% of the people would report it, which is crazy to think because there's this idea of like someone else will do it. You can read these stories on and on of people who were terrible crimes that happened with a lot of witnesses and people just thought, oh, someone else will do it. Someone else will do it. But in the, in the kingdom of God, we really have to take the mindset of like, I'm the only Christian who's sharing my faith. No one else is going to share their faith with somebody else. God has put you on this earth to reach people. God has put you on this earth. There's people that you are assigned to. 
And if we always have the mindset of, hey, there's someone else, God's got a backup plan. If I don't do it, God's got a backup plan. You know, we don't need to live our whole life worried of like, man, their blood's on my hands. I think that's not a good place to live. But you know what does need to simply happen is you simply just need to make a decision to be a person that shares your faith. You know, it's the same thing. People get worried about money and then they're like, they don't want to look at their finances. They got all these bills. They don't want to do them. There needs to come a point where you just sit down, you grab all the bills, you sit down on the table, you face the music, you open them and you just face it. If you got debt, you call the collectors. Hey, I'm working on it. Like you just turn and face it. Because if, if I say something like, hey, God has a backup plan. If you don't share your faith, someone else will come along and share their faith because God wants that person in heaven. That may be true. I don't know the answer to that, but I'm willing to bet that if what if someone, the person who shared their faith with you or with your parents, my mom got born again when she was in her 20s. She was living in the world. And there was one lady who came and shared her faith, who was like persistent in, in inviting my mom to church, sharing her faith with her. And my mom finally got to a point of desperation and then called the lady, went to church and the rest is history. She got born again. My family is my family is saved because of that. So what if that lady wasn't someone who took responsibility? For you and for I, there is a responsibility that a responsibility that comes with the gospel. The thing about God that I love about the Lord, about anything, the Bible says that his commandments are not grievous. So in a call like this, where it may be something difficult that requires something of us, it's always ends up being something that's a, that's a benefit back to us. Obviously, there's fruit. God said, I'll send you and that you'll have fruit and fruit that will remain. The people that get born again are going to be in eternity. That's fruit that's going to come to our account in eternity. But besides that, these things end up being things that are such a joy to your life where when, when you look back at your life, you're like, man, my life, you look at the apostle Paul and he says, you are my joy and my crown. You in heaven, that's my, he says, I I have great joy when I know my children walk in truth. When you have people, if you can look, if you, if you've experienced this and there's people that are plugged into church, that are serving God who, who weren't because you took a step out you stepped out and said, man, I'm going to become uncomfortable. I'm going to go up and share my faith. I'm going to do something difficult. I'm going to be a person who accepts responsibility. Um, it's it For many people, it becomes a diffusion of responsibility. We live in a country where it's been a quote unquote Christian nation for a long time, fi- founded on Judeo-Christian values. But it almost becomes this thing of like, well, someone else, oh, the people in Bible school, they'll share the gospel. You know, that's not my personality. You know, that's not my... I, you know, that's just not my personality. I don't have the gift of evangelism. I don't know what that means. The Bible says go into all the world and preach the gospel, like figure it out. Like, how do you share your faith? Um, but people have this idea of like someone else will take care of this. And so one of the things that I began to do in my own life is I stopped and I said, what if I was living in a country where it was 99% other religion? And I was like one of the 1%. And the reality is for many of these people, they will not hear about Jesus if it's not for me. But that's still the truth. Man, I I run into people all the time. We were at the beach the other day and I saw this guy. He was the guy who was like, you know, they have those like covered cabanas that you can rent. Those look like little blue things you can get out of of the sun. Um, And he was the one who was going through making sure they're all paid for. Young guy, his name was Tyler. And I'm sitting in my chair and I'm having a conversation with a friend. And I look up and I see him and the Lord just puts him on my heart. Go share the gospel with him. And so I hop up and I run and I talk to him. And his name's Tyler. He's 18 years old. And I say, man, I wanted to tell you that God loves you and that he's got a good plan for your life. Has anyone told you that before? And he says, no, no one's told me that before. And I'm like, man, this guy's 18. You don't live in, he's not living in Syria, right? This isn't Liberia. Like this dude is in the United States of America, in the South too. You're in Florida, 
right? You're around, there's a church every three blocks. Like you're in a place where the gospel should be preached everywhere, right? You shouldn't go a day without hearing it. And he says, I've never been told that God loves me. And there's countless people. I've never heard that God loves me. I've never heard that God has a plan for my life. This is the first time I'm hearing it. For me, there came a point where I accepted responsibility. Yes, I have a call of God on my life. Yes, the call is to preach the gospel, to take a flame to the nations. That's my call. But even if I was called to business, and even while I was in business, full-time in business, still having my heart ready, Lord, I take responsibility for my generation. Lord, I'm, I'm willing to, to be the person that gets uncomfortable for the gospel. I want, I want fruit in heaven. I want fruit that's going to remain. But I'm not going to be one of the bystanders that doesn't call it in because I think someone else will do it. I've been in that place. Oh, we're in a group of 10 people. You know, we're all out. And then there's someone that the Lord puts in my heart, go share the gospel. And I'm like, oh, there's someone here that that's better at soul winning than I am. You know, someone else will do it. No, how about we stop and say, you know what, Lord, I'm accepting responsibility. Use me. Begin to pray prayers like, Lord, these prayers make you nervous. Lord, send someone today into my path that I can share the gospel with. Send someone today that I can make an impact on. Send someone today that I can lay hands on them and see them healed. Use me today. Not Lord, just use me, but Lord, use me today. Like, let it be within this 24 hours that you use me. God wants to use you. He wants him. He wants you to avail yourself to him and not be a bystander who sits by and says someone else is, is, is willing to do it. You know, you look in places of Europe, places where the gospel really had its birthplace in some of these countries. But why is it now that we're looking here in 2019 and they're, and they're not Christian nations? They're not places where the majority of people are not Christians. It's because of that statistic. 95% of the body of Christ doesn't share their faith, doesn't tell other people. You know, we look back, you look at areas where the gospel's growing. Why is it growing? Because the gospel is being preached. The reality is, if people don't hear, they won't get born again. And it's your job as a Christian to be ready at all times to share your faith. If this makes you nervous, if you're already starting to count yourself out, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. If you don't know what the gospel soul winning script is, if you go on revival.com and in the search button, you click gospel script, you search gospel script. Even if you go on Google and you search gospel script, it's going to pop up revival.com. It's under soul winning tools and you can download the script and you can read it to people. Hey, I just wanted to tell you, it's simple. I just wanted to tell you that God loves you has a great plan for your life. Many of you know how to share your faith. If you don't, figure out practically so you're not walking up and be like, hey, uh, Jesus loves you. Uh, I got to go. And you run away. Like, learn how to do it. There's a skill to doing it. But, but become a person who says, Lord, I make myself available. I have friends. I have a realm of influence. There's people that I'm going to meet in the street. Of all the years of soul winning, I don't know anyone who's died the, the, the week after I prayed with them. But I guarantee you, some of the people that I prayed with are not alive on this earth anymore. And it's, it's a privilege to, to have the gospel be, be a catalyst that someone could be in heaven rather than in hell. Yes, we have rights as Christians. Yes, we have rights as believers. One of our rights is peace. One of our rights is joy. One of our rights is, 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 uh, is, is being accessible to come boldly to the throne of grace. But we also have a responsibility to preach the gospel, to tell other people. Time is short. There'll come a time where we won't be able to preach the gospel anymore. But that time is not now, and that day is not today. Bless you. Thank you for listening. Father, I thank you for boldness for every person listening. New boldness in Jesus' name to step out and to share their faith. Lord, there will be people who accept responsibility for our generation, for our nation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I love you. Thank you for listening.